Hey yo, we about to tear it up. Yo, break for break, break for break, get drunk. This right here is how we do it. Break it down. It's the Breaking Ounce Podcast. We break things down to the very last compound. My name is Summit, a.k.a. your goat's favourite British guy. And my name is Chris Mitchell, a.k.a. the actual factual. Listen, actual facts. Come on. You know, I realised when listening back to these episodes, when I say actual facts, it means we've got someone special. We've got special guests. That's what it really means. This is true. Because I like saying actual facts. It's, it's got it's a nice a ring really, to it, innit? It's got a real nice ring to it. You know what I mean? It's a real good nice ring. But now we're... We, um, we're very honoured and, and um, pleased to have someone that we both admire, someone that we're seeing rise. We like our young kings and queens rising through hip-hop and offering a, a breath of fresh air. And this artist is no different to that. Um, coming from Buffalo, New York, upstate. You know, New York, you have your thing, man, just like London. But you got to remember, sometimes people bubble and they rise and they rise from outside and you just got to accept it. And they will kick the door, waving the 4-4 and, you know, it's going to be a bigger thing kicking the door. Um, but no, we're really pleased and honoured to have the one and only Drumworks own Jay Skis and the Breaking Nationals podcast. How you doing, man? Hey, peace, man. I'm doing well, man. How are you guys? Doing good. We're living. Doing good. We're living, man. We're living. Um, we're going we're gonna to go on a journey. We like, we like taking our guests on a little journey, so you have to forgive us. I really want to understand from you because... It's very clear that you can wrap your ass off, right? You can wrap in circles. But speaking of circles, I, I understood and did some research on you that you were part of Cyphers at a very young age. And what I really want to understand with this new project out, and you know, you had the the other project, Pain Before Profit with with Conway. How important have Cyphers been now looking back, being part of it at such an early age in developing your voice and present for the present? Oh uh, man, ciphers, man. You know, it's it's like you getting one of those. You know what I'm saying? You gotta be, you gotta be ready. You know what I'm saying? Like that's where that's where you really show your skills to the other MCs who may be in the cipher. And everybody wants to be the best. Everybody wants to have the most. And that's what I always like. Kind of did it for. You know what I mean? Like that's what would give me a kick. Like you know when I finish that punchline or I finish that bar and everybody, yo, you heard what he just said? And I'm going to the next one. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. So, you know, Cyphers, you know, they kind of taught me like, you know, those bars has got to be potent. The punchline's got to be potent. You got to be saying something where it's like, yo, what? And, you know, it just helped me develop my writing skill into, I guess, just putting that emphasis on whatever that last bar is. Like if you got, you know, two bars or if you said up a four bar thing, you know, that fourth bar just got to be ill. You know what I mean? It just it just helped me kind of uh, put that extra emphasis on um, on the punchlines, man, at the end of the day, because I always wanted to just get that reaction out of people. Love that. Love that. You know, uh, on Symmetry, you talk about, you know, Buffalo people's defying odds. Yeah. I talked about it earlier. But for those who don't know, and we're talking about the project uh, that you put out, Abolished Uncertainties. Um Talk about the proximity of of Buffalo to New York, the that kind of energy that I guess being from there, what's it like for those? Because we have we have listeners from Mexico, Puerto Rico, in Japan. Some people won't understand the proximity of it. So talk to us about the 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 rap scene in Buffalo and then the proximity to the United uh, to New York. Or so like before um Brazil to kind of knock down that door, 
uh, uh, like, you know, you know, hip hop and uh, Buffalo having their place in hip hop. And there, we, we didn't really have a place in hip hop. You know what I mean? We didn't really have artists, you know what I'm saying, on a major scale represented, um, you know, in music period. Like, you know, you had, uh, you had Rick James, you had, uh, I want to say, is it the Gold Dolls? Um, a Red Hot Chili Peppers, one of this one or two groups, and there's you know a few other artists that made it from here. But um, as far as hip hop, you know, you just you didn't really see hip hop artists from Buffalo making it on like a major scale. So what that did was because you know rap was kind of taking over the scene, especially when I was you know growing up, you know the late '90s to the early 2000s. You know, rap and hip hop was just really um, becoming like the biggest you know genre in the world in terms of music. Um, so, you know, everybody wanted a piece of that. Everybody wanted to be a part of that. And so it made like the, 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 like climate here, like super competitive. You know what I mean? Everybody wanted to be, nah, I'm the best or I'm the best or yo, my man is the best. You know what I mean? So you all like what it was there, you had to like battle for that spot. You know what I'm saying? Like it was a lot of people who wanted to battle. I even, I used to battle. I used to go against a few different cats and things like that. And, you know, we'll be going back and forth. And then, too, like, you know, there are others, like, smaller cities uh, here in upstate. Like, you got Rochester, you got Niagara Falls, you got Syracuse. And a lot of people never really rocked with people from Buffalo, like, from those other cities. I used to live in Syracuse for a while. And, uh, you know, we were kind of breaking out of that stigma around that time, like, where people didn't really rock with people from Buffalo. But growing up, you know, if you were from, if you knew people from, like, Niagara Falls, if they, had, if they came down or even from Rochester, you know, anybody came over to the city, it's like, oh, we don't really rock with y'all like that. Or if you would go there, it would be like, oh, you from Buffalo? They'd be looking at you funny. Um, but even, you know, going back to the music tip, like, it was just, like, super competitive here. Um, everybody, you know, everybody wanted to be, like, that person or that crew wanted to be that crew. You know what I mean? And then uh, going to, going into, you know, what it's like to be from Buffalo and then as opposed to, like, New York. Like, uh, New York is like six and a half hours away. It's a six and a half hour drive. Um, you know, it's, we were never accepted. Like, that's kind of how I feel overall. Like, Buffalo was just never accepted as like a city, um, where there were people who, you know, could have talent. I remember even, you know, going back early 2000s when I first started making music, you know, when I was letting people know that I made music and playing my music for people like here in the city, you know, if you were from Buffalo, you couldn't rap. Like that just, that was just what it was. If you were from Buffalo, like I'm talking about people from, from the town of Buffalo, from the city of Buffalo, if you rapped, you was just considered whack. It didn't matter. You know what I mean? You could be nice. You could have, you know, some real good beats. You got some real, you know, some, something to really talk about and it didn't matter. You know what I mean? And again, like just kind of breaking out of that stigma, it helped, you know, uh, you know, Griselda getting on it. Even before that, like me and my homies first class, you know, we had, we had the crew. You know what I mean? We we used to do shows here and we would throw parties and different things like that. And that just really helped kind of break that stigma. And as I got a little older, um, going out of like getting out of high school and being on different college campuses like UB and uh Buff State and things like that, there were a lot of people who would come from New York and go to school in Buffalo. So a lot of those people like, you know, we would chop it up because, you know, we, we would always have parties ourselves. We knew people that went to those schools, we would go to the parties there. And the people from New York, whether it was the the women or the men, they're like, man, you from Buffalo? I'm not rocking. Y'all whack. Y'all don't know how to dress. Y'all don't know the music. Y'all don't know this. Y'all don't know that. And it was just like, yo, like, why? Like, why are y'all being like that? Y'all here to go to school in our city. But the thing was, a lot of people, 
they didn't even get off the campus. You know what I'm saying? So they might have had this view of what Buffalo was or what it was like, and they never even left off the campus. So you didn't even really experience the city. You didn't experience what we have to offer. You didn't experience the artists here, and not even just from a music standpoint, from, you know, a graffiti standpoint, just different events is going on. Like, you haven't even traveled off the campus, so you don't really know. Um, so that was like, you know, just kind of the, that was like the climate here, man. Like, we always were just kind of like the underdogs here, and, you know, it took, you know, it was always going to take us, you know, branching off and getting out of the city to really, make our name known and that's with any any city anybody in any situation you know you got to lead from your city because your city's never going to look at you like that you know what i mean if you are great they're never going to recognize your greatness you got to do it elsewhere um but it was like really a thing you know with with getting out of here and really showing people like nah, like this is we we got something to say you know what i mean that's what it really took mm -hmm. i remember when i was in new york last year so i stayed in brooklyn yeah. And I thought, let me, let me, let me be nosy and Google Buffalo. And when I saw that Buffalo was six hours drive, I'm like, yo, these guys really are the outsiders because you're, you're considered New York. But yeah. Maybe it's the proximity is like, oh, you know, you guys are over there. Cause it's a similar thing in London, right? I think it's a capital kind of mind state where, where, where the nucleus of the country. So people in your Manchester's and your Birmingham's like they've got their own music communities, but they're kind of overlooked. And I think there's a similarity with Buffalo, but that six hour gap did take me back. I was just like, whoa, that's a, that's a, I mean, before, before Griselda, I mean, I'm a big wrestling fan. You know, they used to go to Buffalo and Syracuse, ECW yeah. and all that. But yeah. in terms of rappers, yeah, you guys have really, really broken down doors. I want to stay at the beginning. Tell me about the importance of the, the J villains in your hip hop origin story. Oh man, that's crazy. So, uh, you know, J villains, uh, I, I was introduced to them through my man Scoop. Uh, shout out my man Scoop Dollar and his cousin Ron P, my man Peasy. Shout out to Peasy. So, um, you know, uh, my man Scoop, uh, we lived on Andover, um, which is off of Bailey Avenue. Uh, my mom bought a house over there in 1999. And, uh, you know, we, we, I lived over there and, you know, I became friends with Scoop, you know what I'm saying? And that was like my best friend back in the day. You know what I mean? My man Dre. And uh, he rapped. So his father passed away early, like, I think he might have been eight or nine. And then my father passed away when I was 10. And, uh, you know, we was having a conversation one day. He was like, yo, I, you know, I rap because my uncles rap. And, you know, he would see them doing their thing. And he wanted to be around his uncles and be in the studio. So, you know, he used rap as like a way to get over the fact that his father passed away. And then, too, he wanted to be around his uncles. And so I would go over there to his crib. And, you know, this was my best friend. I stayed at 56. He stayed at 65. So, you know, it was like right across the street. And uh, I will be over there, him and Peasy, they will be rapping and I will be doing the beatboxing or I will be like on the karaoke machine and recording them and, you know, press and play, press and stop, press and record. And one day they was like, yo, you rap. And so I went home and I uh, I made a rap. I came back the next day. I spit it for him. They're like, nah, you got to rap. You got to rap too. We got to make a group. We got to. Uh, uh. And so, you know, it ended up, you know, we just kept kept going kept rapping and kept you know recording we would record on the karaoke machine and then we would record on, uh, on the computer and we would take the two computer speakers like the old school computer speakers we would plug one into the microphone jack we would plug one into the speaker jack and we would hold them next to each other and be rapping like that recording on music max jukebox it would be one long track and uh we would do that we did that for a while up until we just got our skills up and we played music for uh, for his uncles and uh they were all part of jay villains and it was like yo nah y'all come through and so we started going over there. We started recording over there. 
and uh, they wanted to sign us to like a little record deal or whatever. We had made a group. It was called uh, it was called the Bucks, and uh, I cut my first demo with them. Um, they had did a demo. Um, I, I can't remember the name of it right now, but I had I think three of the artists, three of the other artists um, from Jay Villains or Starving Records, and then I think I had a track on there with Scoop. So it was like four tracks on this one CD, and then we had put together another uh, demo. I think it was like five or six songs uh, with, you know, the Bucks. And um, over there, like being in the studio, man, I just learned a lot in terms of how to write songs, how to structure bars, how to stay on, like keep my flow going, how to use different flows, how to even really pick beats and what I wanted to talk about. You know what I mean? Like, I I, I think I learned over there, like, you know, you always want to make a song. You want to you wanna have something that you're talking about when you write a song. Like, you don't want to just get on the song and just say anything. Um, so, you know, they, they were very instrumental in how I learned how to just even be a hip hop artist as a whole. Like I had, you know, some talent, I guess with me, because when I was younger, you know, I, I just had a love for like writing. Like I used to write short stories. And then when I figured out that I could, you know, take these words and like make them rhyme and tell a story and, you know, talk about things that happened in my life. That was when I really fell in love with it. And then they kind of, they helped me hone my skills. You know what I mean? Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Sorry, you cut out slightly. No, I was saying just at a very early age, like I started going over there when I was probably 12 or 13 years old. Okay. All right. So I, I, in, in one of your previous answers, you mentioned uh, first class. So imagine like I'm an alien, man. I've just come from space in it. Tell me about the first class days, who the members were and the atmosphere in the Ocho house. Word, word. Uh, so, man, so first class was uh, myself, or is myself. Um, you got Billy Esco, um, who was going by Busy or uh, Uptown Chase at the time. You got G5GI, who is actually now known as Camouflage Monk. Um, you got um, OG Soul who I met, um, I was about 22 years old. I met him working at the store that I worked at called Villa. Um, and then you got Drop Dead. Um, she's somebody I went to school with for a very long time, some homegirl. And then you got uh, Mitch Arizona. Um, Mitch Arizona, he used to go by Kenny B. He was a producer. He used to rap too, but now he's more so just a producer. Um, and there's a, a lot of other people, man. Shout out my man Grape Juice. Uh, shout out to Mecca. Um, there's a lot of other people who were really like instrumental M um, and just, you know, being, being present, being at the shows, uh, always making sure that, you know, they just putting on for, for the homies. And then like first class was kind of like an extension of ultra, like you said, like, which was my crib where, you know, everybody would come through, we would turn up, we would have a great time. And so it was almost like, it was just like one big family. It was like first class and ultra. Dope, dope. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that story. Um, Summit, over to you, man. I want to know where you where you got the idea behind the title of the album, the artwork for the album Abolished Uncertainties. Uh, where, what's the inception of that? So, um, without when I start, I first started getting around Conway in, uh, in late 2020. I think we had our first studio session in October 2020, and uh, I went down to New York, um, you know, and I had talked to Conway's assistant. Shout out my man Chad. Um, pay attention, media. Uh, we had talked and he was like, yo, Khan said, you know, if you can get down here to New York, come through to New York. 
And I get down there, we were in Manhattan and I was in this crazy studio. I had never even been in a studio like this before. Beautiful room. Uh, I think it was called the cutting room. And, you know, I'm in there and I did my first couple records. Like in that session, I did, uh, I did Symmetry. In that session, not with Conway, originally it was just me on the record. And then I did uh, Burner Phone in that same session. And, uh, you know, we, we, we got to chopping it up after he heard the records and, you know, we played them a few times. He saw some of the reactions to some of the other people that were in the room. He's like, Joe, I'm starting up this drum work thing. We got to do this like right now. Um, you need to start thinking of titles for your albums and, you know, what you what you want to call it, you know, who you want on your album. This and the third. And so we left from there that night. And I think we were in that Airbnb and I was, you know, I was just in, in the room that I was standing and I was sitting there and I'm like, man, first of all, I just was in the studio with Conway. You know what I mean? I've been a huge fan of Conway since I since I've known about him. Um, and from King to a God, it just came out. So it's like, yo, I'm in I'm next to a fucking superstar right now. Like I don't even know how I even got here. Like, for real. And my thing was, you know, with hip hop and with music and, and stuff like that, like I loved it. You know what I mean? And I just I would get so frustrated because I wasn't seeing the progression that I thought I would see for a long time. Because, you know, everybody when they heard me rhyme, you know, everybody they they love my shit. They like, yo, like, you know, you gonna be the one that make it, you gonna be the one that like takes it takes it far. And uh I would get so frustrated, man. And I think with that I kinda got into this cycle of um, just being unsure of what my future was going to be in music, you know what I mean? Especially after I had my daughter, you know what I mean? Cause I, even, I stopped making music for a little bit, um, around 2016, 2017, I wasn't even able to make music. I was like working two jobs. I was working, you know, my regular full-time job and I was working a overnight job where I was slicing deli meat and washing dishes and s selling cigarettes. You know what I'm saying? So I actually, I talk about it on, uh, on sideline saga. Um, and you know, I, I remember I was there working one day and I was just like, yo, like, what am I doing? This is this, this ain't like, and then the relationship I was in at the time, it just, it was very toxic. Like I was taking care of a newborn and just everything. My car broke down, everything. Like it was just, it was just a crazy situation. And, um, you know, just thinking about all that, thinking about how far I came in music. And then now I'm in this moment and it was just like, damn, like, even if I put out just one album, like, even if it's just this one. It's almost like I'm just getting rid of all the uncertainties in my head. Like, am I going to make it? Will I ever be heard? Will I ever be able to, you know, take care of my family doing what I love to do? And like, that was what was always my purpose with music. It was to, you know, after my father died, I wanted to help my family. I wanted to put my mom, put my sister and me in a better situation. My grandmother, my aunts and stuff like that, the people that I care about. And it was just like in my head, like, you know, will I, will I ever be able to do that? You know what I mean? Using my talent, using what I love to do. And so when I finally got in position, it was like, yo, I'm finally like, just, you know, I'm, I'm taking the chains off. I'm, I'm no longer a slave to my, to my own mind where it's like, I'm being negative because I'm not seeing the progress and stuff like that. Like, you know, now's the time, you know what I'm saying? And when I was thinking about that I was thinking about how can I because all my album titles right like if you look at my album titles subjective humility uh asphalt calligraphy like it's all like they're all I usually like to use two words and they're they're saying something that could be said in a more I guess in the easier way but I want to kind of make you think about it so 
again, I was like thinking about it and I'm like, well, I've been being a slave to my own mind and now I'm no longer enslaved to myself. And I was thinking about, you know, abolishing slavery. And I was like, abolished. Okay. And then what is it that I'm being abolished from? I'm being abolished um, from my uncertainties about my career and where I want to be in my life. And so that was, uh, that was like kind of the process of what I was thinking about for the title, for the album, how I got there. And then, um, as far as the artwork, I was like playing around with a lot of different ideas and I had, I had artwork for it since like, I want to say early 2021. Um, and you know, we got closer to, you know, releasing the album and I was looking at it again. Cause I, I hadn't looked at it for almost maybe almost a year started looking at it again and I was like, eh, excuse me, I don't know. Maybe, maybe this ain't, maybe this ain't it. And, uh, you know, Conway had, he had some suggestions and stuff like that. I was like, okay, maybe we need to go back to the drawing board. So we go back to the drawing board and then I found a picture that I liked. It was a picture from my childhood that I'll probably still use, um, for something going forward, but it's just, it did, it almost didn't fit for this particular project. And then, um, shout out to Jay Blessing Art. I um I, I was looking at some of his uh, Instagram posts, um, and I, I'm just a, a super fan of like abstract art because again, it, it kind of goes back to who I am as an artist, and then the way that I name my projects. Like, I never want it to be something where you just get it. It's just like instant thing. I want you to have to kind of work for it and think about it a little bit. And um, I was looking at his art and I'm like, man, this would be dope if I could like kind of come together with him. So it was just like, you know, I DM'd him and he was like, man, I'm down. Like, what was your, what's your idea? And so we connected and, um, you know, we went through and he, he sketched up a few different ideas. And so the idea with the artwork is, um, with the face and everything, it's like, if you look at it, um, cause the signature thing is like how he has the teeth on the outside. And so one side is like, the f- one side is like a frown, one side is a smile. And uh, then you got the chain. Uh, one side is like the chain link, and then the other side is like the Cuban. So it's basically, it just represents that going from um, like a more negative mindset and situation to, you know, a more positive outlook on life and, and where you are. And just, you know, the, the face is like up in heaven. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, just transitioning from, um, being in that more negative space to transitioning into a more positive space and just knowing that, you know, you know, you're, you're elevating. It's, it's just constant elevation, man. That's where you got to keep your mind at. I just realized why outside of the music, I realized why we gravitate to you. Mm-hmm. I've got an idea you see, too. You see like in the nineties, yeah, we're not, because this is where we grew up. This is where our, our hip hop childhood began, right? In the nineties. Right. You see that you have to make people think and you have to layer everything. Right. Artwork, lyrics, everything had to be layered because at a time the consumption of music wasn't as mainstream as it was. Mm-hmm. So the thought and the, the thought you've put into your art is no different to cellar dwellers with realms and reality. It's no different to the things that we love and known to love or OC or whoever it may be to kind of go, This is why we lord you. And this is why we love you because you put so much into your art right. before you present it to us. And I think I think that's one thing you have. I think Conway definitely has it too. But I think it's that thing of going, 
I'm making this piece of art and here comes the presentation that goes along with it. So holistic. everyone that I know in that in that generation that enjoy that kind of music and are fans of that, it's a nod to us. Mm. We came from video games which are on a cartridge. Right. You couldn't there's no CDs for us. Mm. You have to be super creative. Yeah. You have to be super engaged. And I think that's what you're tapping into, whether you realize it or not, or whether you you know, consciously or subconsciously, you're tapping into that. And yeah. those type of individuals who are just nerdy for rap. And I think that's a testament to who you mm-hmm. are. So that's a that's a big salute there. Yeah. Wow. I, I mean, and I'll also I'll also say as well, like you, I'm glad that you mentioned the titles because it was asphalt calligraphy that really caught my attention. I'm like, because I used to practice calligraphy as a kid. Oh so wow. my mom my mom bought me a fountain pen. Like back in like back in the early nineties. If you had a fountain pen, you like you were doing big business. So I used to wow. practice and write calligraphy with my fountain pen. And so when you said asphalt calligraphy, I'm like, oh, calligraphy, beautiful writing. It's like a double entendre in terms of yep. the style and the beautiful writing in terms of the meanings and the, li- yeah, yeah, you're, you're one of those. You're one of those. It's, it's dope, man. It's, it's really good to see, bro. It's, 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 it's important because it's what's, uh, it's, it's one of the things that are going to help you stand across a, what would be considered a four year period, which is normal for an artist, right? You're here for a long run. I mean, even just your flow, even the vibe, the presence on the song. It's like I listen to it, it's like I could be transported to the 90s, no problem. And that means longevity. That means there's a timelessness to that. I think that's what makes me go, ah, this guy, he's going to be good. He's going to yeah. be good. Wow. That's what I think, sir. Wow. So um, you mentioned about one of the songs that you did in the first studio session with with Conway Burnifer. Really interested to learn about how the idea came about. Why did you choose to do that? Like, talk to us about the ideation of, of Burner Phone. So that joint, man, that's that's probably, I don't think I'll ever write a song better than Burner Phone, man. Burner Phone is different, man. So it was funny because, uh, you know, I got I got the text message from his assistant and, um, you know, it was me, I love the genius. I hit her up and, you know, we, we jumped in my truck. It was like a Monday and I was like, yo, we got to go. You know, we jumped in the truck and so I'm driving down and, uh, you know, like I said, it's six and a half hours and the whole time I'm driving down, I'm like, man, I don't know what they're doing or what they're working on, but chances are we're going to be in the studio at some point. What am I going to do? Like, what am I going to say? What it, What is, what am I, what lasting impression and am I, am I going to make on Conway? Cause I had never been in the studio with Conway before. I, we had done shows before I've seen him, you know, just kind of in passing. And, you know, we would chop it up. And every time I would see Conway, he would always be like, man, we got to get in that studio too. And this was like, you know, when I would be at work, because he would always come to the sneaker store I worked at. And we got to get in that studio too. And I'm always like, yeah, yeah, we're going to link, we're going to link. And, uh, you know, that was just like my thought the whole time, because Burner Phone was the second song that I that I made while we were there. And I was like, man, I, I always had this idea. It was, it was between telling a story about a black like a black hoodie it was going to be either a black hoodie or it was going to be a burner phone which was going to be inspired by i get powered by Nas because you know i've heard uh you know lupe fiasco um twilight zone lupe is like one of my favorite lyricists um i think uh what what you call it? what's the homie from um uh man i forget his name but he did a joint about like a hundred dollar bill and how it was like you know, people were spending it and it ended up at this store, it ended up in this person's pocket. Somebody stole it. Somebody did this, somebody did that. I forget what the homie's name is. I, I just can't white, think of it. A white rapper? No, no, no. He's from like Massachusetts. Uh, he's 
It's like a, a bigger rapper. because uh, oh, there's in. one, there's one by uh, Apathy where he talks about the money being in a, a stripper's thong, and then ending up in the offering bowl the next day. Mad, mad story. It's a, it's a, it's a cool story, man. I just, mm. I don't know. For, I can't think of what his name is, and I, I know if we were to say, I'd be like, oh yeah, that. Dude. But uh, you know, hearing stories like that and just being inspired by, you know, and then even Nas rewind. You know what I mean? Like I just wanted to tell, like a, a story, like an epic story, because. I just wanted to impress Conway. Like, I just wanted to be like, yo, like, nah, this dude, like, we got to sign him now. We got to get him right now. And, um, you know, again, I'm driving and I'm just, you know, kind of formulating the story in my head. I'm not writing lyrics down, but I just knew I wanted to tell. I just wanted it to be an ill story. And um, when we finally get to the studio, it was just kind of like, man, I, I heard the beat. Beat came on. I'm just like, yo, nah, this is perfect. You know what I'm saying? And because I already had the story in my head, all it was really was just writing it out to where, you know, I was able to make it rhyme. And, you know what I'm saying? Just tell that story. And uh, I just wanted to leave it, you know, because the last last line, I'm like asking a question and just leaving it open ended so that, you know, the, the listener can kind of think about it. You know what I'm saying? You think about everything I just said and then you think about what decision you would make. So that was kind of like just the the process. And then um, in between that, I wanted to like, I was incorporating things like being at Target and, you know, mentioning a specific like iPhone that didn't have like, you know, the facial recognition and, you know, uh, uh, just all those different things, man. I wanted to kind of just tell a story where you felt like you you were right there because you know exactly what I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying? That was like kind of like my idea behind it. And, you know, it ended up being like one of the one of the craziest songs, I think, on the album, man. Like people love that joint. And that's the only song on the album, too, where I'm not speaking to like something that I love or something about myself or anything like that. But the story was just so ill because when I was making that album, there were other songs that I made, but they just didn't speak to who I am as a person. They didn't speak to my story or the way I grew up or I wasn't speaking to um i was speaking some like who i am but it was just in a different way it was in a different context it was almost like being more braggadocious or you know whatever the case is but if you listen to the album every single song is is about me i'm telling you who i am but that song stands out because it's just an ill story man it's a conceptual joint isn't it yeah yeah for sure it's a conceptual joint um you've, you've talked about collaborating with Conway, you talked about collaborating with your artists on the artwork. I really, really enjoy the chemistry you have with Love the Genius. Yeah. It reminds me of Little Kim and C's. Like, you sound good on a track, but I get the yeah. impression that you have chemistry in real life just as people and as yeah. collaborators. Talk about meeting Love the Genius and, you know, your your chemistry, why it's so potent. Um, I mean, I think, you know, I, I've known Love the Genius, man, for a very long time. I'm talking about going back to, you know, Ocho days, 2008, 2009, 2010. You know, I think we did a song at Ocho. We actually did do a song at Ocho that we, I don't think either one of us has access to anymore. Um, and it was actually, it was a dope record too. Um, and Love has been somebody that I've just always had like a, a huge amount of respect for because she's like doper than everybody. You know what I'm saying? In terms of lyricism, in terms of flow, in terms of just who she is as a person, like she's just on a whole nother level. You know what I mean? So um, I just have had, you know, again, a great respect for her craft and, you know, 
she was actually the one that told me that Conway even really had interest in in signing me and signing her. She was the one like she pulled me to the side. I was doing an event um in Buffalo, and uh, I was selling some uh, some t shirts and some paintings that I had made. And uh, she was like, "Yo, you know Conway? He's been he's been talking about you. He wants you to come come to a spot. He wants to holla at you." Da 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 da. I'm like, "Oh, okay, we're out. See, I didn't know that." And then, you know, we ended up all linking up. But um. Man, like, you know, again, I, I've known I've known love for a very long time. And then, you know, she knows, I think, what I bring to the table as an MC. Like, she has a great respect for me as well as an artist and as an MC. And, you know, I think whenever we get on these records together, man, it's, you know, we have respect for one another, but we both want to be the best. You know what I'm saying? And I think it's the same way with Conway. Like, you know, Con is looking at it like, man, like, I, I know... Skis is always going to bring his A game and so is love. So I got to be on top of my A game. And I think that's just the kind of mindset that us three have. Like when it's us three on the record, like, you know, I, I want to be the best and Conway wants to be the best and love definitely wants to be the best because, you know, she she's the woman. So, you know, people already looking at her like, man, I don't know if she can hang. People know now, but, you know, she don't yeah. have any question. She don't want it to be any question like, hey, shit, nah, she's here. She's here to fuck him up. For real, like, you know, love don't yeah. play, man. So I think that that's what kind of brings out that chemistry. And, uh, you know, we, we just all know that we're, we're great artists man, at the end of the day and we want to make the best product. I'm going to get to your lyrics in a bit, but I love, she said uh, she did a song with Shane Ewer. Right, I uh -huh. was walking down the street, bro, because I listen to a lot of my music when I walk down the street. You see when someone makes me stop and put my hands on my hips and just stop? <laughs> She did. She said, I spit flame and caramelize my Adam's apple. I said, all right, you've got to relax. You have got to relax. You know, it's one of those rhymes that is staring you right in the face. Like, how no one ever said that? Yeah. I caramelize my, Adam, my Adam's apple. Stop it. Stop it, bro. And she's next level. Stop it. I stopped. I stopped on the road. I had places to go. I was late. Yeah, man. Yo, I remember... Uh... She was recording her verse for uh, Crack in the '90s because we were all we were all in that same session. She was doing that one, and I just remember listening after I laid my verse down, and she's going crazy. I'm just like, dog, what is going on right now? Like, what the hell is going on? Yeah, man, love is different, man. Shout out to Love the Genius, man, for sure. Keep going, Chris. Keep going, free. I'm, no, you know, I, I'm all right. Listen, I got one. I got two more questions for you, right? Talk talk about I know Conway's like your he's your label head, he's an inspiration, but I get this vibe from you that he also serves in, in in a mentor role. What's the best bit of advice that Conway's ever given you that you're willing to share? Um this is something that he told me uh for again, going back to that first that first night. I was uh I was there at the studio when we left. We went to our Airbnb. And uh, this was actually the second night, but he said, uh, he said, always, like, always be ready. You know what I'm saying? Like, he told me a story about, um, no, he told me seize the moment. Now always be ready. He said, seize the moment. He actually messed with it on uh, so much more from God Who Made Mistakes. Like I told Skis, you better seize the moment. What he said was, uh, he was telling me a story about Benny and how he got his verse um, on um, Who Am I? from 10 to talk three with Royce, with Royce of five nine. He said he was in the studio and Royce was recording because originally that was a Royce record. He told me. And uh, he was like, man, Benny was just in the corner. You know, he had a verse. You know, he was just, you know, 
nobody even really knew who Benny was at the time. You know what I'm saying? He's just going. Da, da, da. And I think Royce peeped him in the corner. He was like, you got something? Go in the studio, go record it. So Benny went in there and he killed it. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, nobody nobody told Benny that, th- that he was going to be on that record. Nobody said, yo, Benny shit. You know what I mean? Like, he just was, he just was ready. And he was like, man, what ended up transpiring from that? He got the Royce feature on Santa Talk 3. Like, Royce is a legend. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, he was just like, yo, Ski's like, you know, if you ever in a situation where, you know, you in the studio or, you know, you may be, you know, wherever, it doesn't matter. Like, just always, like, you got to seize the moment because you don't know when that moment is ever going to come back around. And I say that's the best advice that he gave me because it it really showed me um, that it was going to take, like, it was going to take more. And I already knew this, but it was going to take more than me just getting signed to Conway, signing to Drumwork for me to be successful, right? So I'll give, I'll tell you two stories. So one of them, um, we were in New York and I was in the studio with Conway and uh, it was it was pretty late. We were working on, he was working on um, La Machina, like finishing up some of, the, some of the records. And then he had put on a beat and uh, this was for Blood Roses. And he put, he put on the beat and he was going crazy on that first verse. And, you know, I'm listening. I'm like, man, this beat is crazy. Like, I'm going to just write a verse just in case. You know what I mean? Like, he might say, yo, ski, shit, you got something for this shit? Go in there, go lay it down. Let me hear it. And then I was like, you know what? Because he was going so crazy. I'm like, yo, I'm going to just write a hook. You know what I'm saying? So I'm sitting there. I'm thankful that God never blessed me with bass fuels. Can't feel it played fool, but I paid the piper and paid the doors. This is God level, but I can't. And I'm so I'm writing. He gets out, he comes out from doing that first verse. I pulled him to the side, yo, bro, yo, check this out real quick. I got a hook. Spit it for him. He like, oh shit. He's like, yo, go in there, go lay it down. So I go in there, lay it down. They're like, nah, this joint crazy. Did his second verse right there. Boom, bought the hook back. And then, so love the record. A few weeks later. You know, Chad hits me up. He's like, man, yo, this is going to be the lead single for, for La Machina, Blood Roses. I'm like, where? You know what I'm saying? So that transpired because I, I took the initiative. It transpired into me being on the lead single. And at the time, I'm building up my name. I'm, You know, we were only going to be on um, Sister Abigail on La Machina, me and uh, Love the Genius. And it transpired into me being on there. That was, That made the third record that I was on by my opinion. So those, you know, kind of stepping stones, they help, man. That's why I, you know, I am who I am now because, you know, I, I've been, you know, working towards, you know, those things and the things that helped me get into those positions or into that position is just being ready. You know what I mean? Taking initiative. And then it was the same thing uh, when we were in Miami a few months ago and um, I knew Conway was going to be working with Justice League and I knew I needed to be there. So, you know, I took it upon myself. I just bought my plane ticket, you know, one way like, man, I need to be down there in Miami just because I want to be in a room when he's working with Justice League. You know what I mean? So they can know who I am. And, you know, I jumped on a flight, got down there and, you know, he's doing his first verse for The Chosen. And, you know, he killed it, that first verse. And then the beat drops. And just because I'm in the room, like, you know what I mean? He's like, shit, skis, you got something for this? And I'm ready. So, shit, yeah, put four on there. I'm going to do four. And then, you know, throw another four on there. Great. All right, do another four. You know what I'm saying? Do a hook. You know what I mean? Like, 
you just got to be ready, man, and just seize the moment because you just never know what can come out of it. And then look now, you know, that was the, the second and third single from the from the album. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So you just got to be ready. Yeah, man. I, look, man, that's really good advice. And I, I have to salute you. Your 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 chemistry and your back and forth with Conway is marvelous. Like the Le Chop. Yeah. 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 That's, yeah. that's my point. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's, it's very smooth. The hustler triggered the gambler. Yeah. Jada and oh. Styles. Respect. I, 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 no, I got it. I got it. It's all those things. Conway, he's got his freeway and beanie. Yeah, no, Love the genius. Okay. Love yeah, the yeah, genius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good and one. J Ski. That's a good one. Are the freeway and beanie to That's good. Because I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, anyone can fight me on it. Not too much because I might lose, but fight me. That that's 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 the energy. That's the 2023 energy we get in here. Right. Which is you're getting a freeway, you're getting the pain, you're getting the art, you're getting the bars, you got the Broad Street bully who just comes in, just takes over. I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do what I do best. No one's hustling uh, hustling me. I'm gonna wear my ass. Like that's what that's what Conway's got. It's a beautiful move from Conway to have you and Love the Genius as part of drum work because that's what he's gonna get. One hundred percent. You know, and y'all aren't the first. Well, you're not the first person to make that comparison. And you know, that's you know, those are two people that I have an immense amount of respect for. I was in the studio with them. Uh, well, this was August of like 2021. But shout out to Free to Free and Beans, man. Like they're they're two legends for sure. Like you know, so to be even mentioned in the same breath as them is like at the, every time I hear it, it blows my mind. So. You know, mm. nah, it's tr it's true. We, I'm, I'm, I'm saying it as an authority of no of nothing, but I'm saying it. <laughs> I'm telling you now, that's the energy, and that's wonderful because they're generational talents. Yes, like they're generational talent. No one can take like no one can take away what they have been able to do uh, in in hip hop in music, like Freeway especially. Gee, mm. that yeah. guy keeps reinventing himself every single ten years. Like I love Freeway. Freeway is excellent. Me too. Freeway is amazing. The album, so you know that's. That's the big bro, man. I appreciate him for that. You know what I'm saying? Mm, yeah. I want yeah, to exactly. um, take you back to the moment where you not only came on my radar, but I keep, you know, I said, I mentioned that I walk and listen to music. There was a moment where you made me stop and put my hands on my hips and say, oh, wow. So <laughs> it was cracking the 90s. I remember where I was, you know, I'm because I'm an MC too. I love rhyme schemes, bro. Like, yeah. you know, the internal rhyme schemes, because I grew up on Souls of Mischief, right? right? So I have a certain level that I need to hear. I want to read these lyrics to you. You wrote them, but I want to read it to you. Sure, for sure. You said, for the paper, I coordinate a play with no X's and O's. His profession is flows. They deadly like when weapons explode. I know some niggas talking down who hit consecutive lows while gradually my decimals rose like fans in the sex, fans in the stands, section and rows when exiting shows. Stay me down and you get picked off like corners when expecting the throws. Carnivorous when spitting it, I split the flesh from the bones. They gas him like indigestion when ingesting his poems. Listen, yeah. <laughs> you see, when I heard that, I said, all right, he's one of those. Yeah, Salute. Man. That's the one where I said, okay, watch, watch him. Yeah. Watch him. And thank yeah, you. I stopped I stopped on the road. Again. I was late. Again. I stopped on the road. I said, nah, this guy is different. Respect, mm. bro. From thank one MC to another. You threw up the bat signal. You let me know what time it was. I appreciate it. Thank you, man. That joint. So that joint was uh that was the first record where I knew I was gonna be on a record with Conway. 
And well, yeah, love too, but you know, I, I'm like, man, this is this is gonna be the first time that Conway's audience is gonna hear me, right? And Con got on that shit, he lost his mind. So that was just like my 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 thought process. I think uh Chad sent me that record, he was like, Yo, Conway wants you to record to this tomorrow, so start writing. And uh yeah, I got it at like eleven o'clock at night. I think I stayed up until five. Because <laughs> I was just overthinking it, overthinking it, overthinking. What the hell am I about to say on this? And it's funny because, you know, that whole um, Revolver Ocelot, that whole, like, thing that I jumped into with, like, dropping the Middle Gear Solid um, projects and the merch, all that was birthed from that verse because, you know, I say it on there. I'm, yeah, Revolver Ocelot clapping inside the state. My brain is sharp as surgical scalpels when I operate at 17. All I pray for was plus in your Aqua Ace. The Aqua Eight is my favorite Jordan, but I remember when that song dropped. Everybody that heard it was like, yo, who is this dude? I'm looking on Twitter. Who is this dude on this Conway record talking about Revolver Ocelot and Metal Gear Solid? Like, who the fuck is this? You threw up and, the bat signal, man. Yeah, yeah, for real. And, you know, from there, because people knew me from that line. So that was why I made the decision. I said, okay, I'm, I'm going to put out these projects, Metal Gear Solid themed. You know what I'm saying? Because people already know me from that. So that was like what kind of birth that verse birthed a lot of a lot of different things, you know, that I still am in tune with today that people know me from today. So mm -hmm. that was a, a real ill moment for me, for sure. Yeah, and I think it's really smart because it didn't sound forced and you really appealed to that gaming community because they, you know, with Metal Gear Solid and Solid, I remember when that came out on PlayStation, Mash Up the World, finished. Oh, yeah. Um, Metal Gear Solid is... Uh, it's one of the GOAT, GOAT games. Yeah, no, they, and it's in, it's great that you're able to infuse that. I, I don't have such an eloquent as a line, like as a verse as, as Chris did, but I did like the way you threw the, the garbage and sewage on Big Drum. So you said your shit is garbage. How you slang that sewage? Mm. I was like, <laughs> like, see, I just like like the way I think the play and the alliteration I liked very well. Like that's that's yeah. uh, you thank know, you. That, that verse, that's one of the ones too, man. That that verse, I feel like that verse didn't get enough uh, praise last year. I felt like that verse was was ill. That was an ill verse. That just your diction is nonfiction. You know, I can always get my story straight. Yeah, I get you. You know what I'm no, saying? No, no, like no, people no. don't. I felt like they didn't appreciate that verse enough, man. You know what though, bro? There's some verses, right, where the genius is sometimes understated. <laughs> where it takes a while. It sometimes it needs to marinate. You know, you yeah. got some. You got some verses where people are like, oh, and yeah. you got some verses where you come back. You say, oh, yeah. it's one of those. It's one of the oh. Okay. Um, bro. Yeah. yeah. People, sometimes it takes some time, and the way consumption of music is now, people hear it, mm. and sometimes don't hear it enough and don't understand the layers. But I think it's one of those ones that those who know will know. Oh yeah, for you sure. Know? It's 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 one of those ones. But now I think, um, yeah, man, you've got you've got you're very you've got a lot of facets to you as a as an artist, as obviously as a person too. But there's so much layers to your MC ability. I think. Yeah. 100%. I think your your drawing your ability to draw upon things and and the observations you make just like a comedian yeah. makes observations and make like jokes out of it you're able to include that in your MC ability and paint the pictures I think that's a strong strong quality to have that other people on drum work have too 
but that's gonna hold you in good stead, bro. Mm. Like I ain't gonna lie, that's yeah. like that's some genius talent, man. Yeah, yeah. We, wish you, we really wish you the best, and we root for you, man. Seriously, like you know, best of luck. And if there's anything you need on this end, you know, you touch down in the UK, London, like hit us up, man. We got you. One hundred percent, man. I appreciate you, man. I wish y'all the best as well. No yeah, doubt. I appreciate you, man. All the best, man. Thanks for your time, man. Thank you so much. Peace. Peace. So that was Jay Skis, Drumworks' own. I enjoyed that conversation as we always do with our with our guests. But like I I this I don't know, bro. Like I may have to, maybe has to marinate on me, but there's something about who he is, and when I listen to him, I just think yo, he's here to stay for a long time. I don't know what it. Maybe you you talk, you talk about souls. And like when I hear when I when I hear symmetry, I was like, "Yo, he could he could be in hieroglyphics." Mm-hmm. Like I just there's an energy and vibrancy to his delivery that really resonates with me, and I I can't really put my finger on it, but I just look at it and go, Yo, "He's gonna be here for a while," you know. It's one of those uh, I call them the intangible tangible. Sometimes you can't necessarily put your finger on it, but you just you just have a feeling. And even if he's not, he's a he's a I think he's just a, a really really talented. MC and it's just a familiar energy about him in the sense of I feel like I I I know I've known him for a long time and I liked I like that but and I, I like the way he he's him and he doesn't necessarily fit that mold of what people expect because of who he's around if that makes sense I think he, yeah I also think he knows what he wants yeah and knows who he is and knows who he is and yeah. I think that shines through in conversation with him also his music yeah like I, th- I think i think he's very comfortable with who he is and who he's becoming and i think he I, I think he knows where he's going in terms of his music career where he sees himself and i think those all of those things make that comfortability factor and he and and he comes across great i think yeah man i'm really really glad we got to speak yeah. to him i know you wanted to speak to him i, I want, want to, I want to shout to him, out so. black keys a friend of mine he, he messaged me about two weeks ago and he was like why did no one tell me about jay skis I can't remember what I said to him, but I said, oh, you know, I think he's dope. I, you know, we're trying to get him on the show. And he's like, make it happen. So shout, shout out to Black Keys. Um, he's, he's been digging into he's the discography. Friend, right? He's not my friend. I mean, a friend just, of mine should be a friend of yours, isn't it? Yeah, that's what I, that I said. No, he, I, don't, I don't, I've never met Black Keys. Oh, sadly. no, 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 you don't know need him. to meet him, man. He's all right, man. He's all right. He's over there. Don't worry on that. <laughs> shout out to Black well, Keys, though. Nah, nah, we appreciate you, bro. And yeah, I appreciate to Matt Conway as well. Thank as you always. so much, Matt. For for setting this up, man, we we appreciate. I know, bro. I I, I thought about. I know Matt for like thirteen years. Yeah, you know what? Now That's you mad. say that Matt deserves some flowers. Yeah, he does. At some he does, point, he does. at some point, I'd love to have him on the show because a lot of the music I listen to, and you know, and I'm sure the music you listen to as well, gets into our hands on on our radar because of his work. Yeah, I I've asked him. He he has never. He has never commented or acknowledged the fact that I've asked him. Okay. He just glosses over it. It's cool. He don't want to do it. But Matt, we've got, yeah. we got time and love for you. Thank you so much. Maybe maybe we get my master sign and then he'll do it. But yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe, maybe <laughs> now nah, Matt's maybe. the guy. Now we, we, uh, we appreciate everyone who listens in as well. Thank you very much. Appreciate Jay Skis once again. Matt, appreciate you. Uh, you can follow us uh, on Twitter and Instagram at Break the Atoms. Chris's handle is at I'm Kinetic. Mine's is at Hip Hop Chronicle. We'll be back next week with another episode. But until then, peace. Peace. peace.